he experienced one tragedy after another. If that wasn't enough, he then experienced the ultimate act of betrayal. How could a son do this to his father? Life would never be the same. Yet through it all, he was still able to find peace. Did you finally realize your dream of having a family only to have your happily ever after turn into a nightmare? Do you find yourself up late at night wondering why nothing you try as a parent is working? Are you searching for adoption resources and a support team but can't find any? Hi neighbor, welcome to Anchors of Encouragement. I'm Tim Maudlin, husband, adoptive parent, Bible class teacher, and the persistent encourager. I too felt the joy of having a family of my own and I wished we could be like other adoptive families. I knew we were doing our best, but nothing seemed to work. And I kept asking myself, why is this happening to us? In Anchors of Encouragement, my mission is to throw adoptive parents a lifeline and be your anchor, to offer biblical mindset support and to provide stability when life gets unstable. If you're ready for real and raw talk that leads to peace beyond comprehension, so you not only survive but thrive in life's storms, this podcast is for you. Hope and healing are on the way. Hi, neighbor. Welcome to another episode of Anchors of Encouragement. One of the goals I have for the podcast this year is to share more stories with you. I'll get to the story for this episode in just a moment. One of my other goals is for you to hear from other listeners. I want to read a review from Stephanie, who hosts the podcast Mommy's on a Call. Love the encouragement from a dad's perspective. So refreshing to see a podcast by a dad. Often we get advice on adoption from the mom's perspective. So I'm happy Tim is bringing this information with a different perspective. Keep up the good work, Tim. Well, thank you, Stephanie. You don't know how refreshing and what a shot in the arm reviews like this are for me. This podcast is basically me behind a microphone with my dog Ratchet behind me on the floor. It doesn't get much simpler than that. I'm pretty content to work by myself. Always have been. I also consider myself to be an introvert. There was a message that popped up on Facebook this week that just really rings true. It says, I hate the misconception that introverts don't like talking. If you're the right person, we'll talk to you for hours and about pretty much anything. However, it's incredibly difficult to find the right person. So for the most part, we'll probably just stay quiet. That's me. If you were to see me out in public, I'm going to be the one standing off to the side, probably not saying a word. The way I can do this podcast, really the only way I can do this podcast, is to imagine that I'm talking to one person. I'm imagining myself having a conversation with an adoptive parent. More than likely, it's going to be the mom. And if the mom hears something that resonates with her, she will share it with her husband. That's one of the reasons that Stephanie's review meant so much to me, because more times than not, Adoptive dads aren't the ones talking about these types of issues. So thank you again, Stephanie. And if you haven't left a review, I would like to encourage you to consider it. I will leave instructions for how to do that in the show notes. 
let's get to the story behind today's episode. As I mentioned in the introduction, there was a father who experienced one tragedy after another. And if that wasn't enough, then his son committed the ultimate act of betrayal. But through it all, this father was still able to find peace. Our story comes from the book of 2 Samuel, chapters 13 through 16. The father in the story is King David. And we can read about the first tragedy that happened to his family in chapter 13. David has a daughter named Tamar and a son named Amnon. More than likely, Tamar and Amnon are half-siblings. Tamar is described as being very beautiful. Brother Amnon notices. He proceeds to have inappropriate thoughts about her and manipulates the situation pretending to be sick and have his dad send his sister to feed him. It's there that he rapes Tamar. The love that he professed for her turns to hatred and he sends her away. Tamar, in disgrace, goes to her brother's house, Absalom. More than likely, they are full siblings. Verse 21 says, King David was very angry when he discovered this, but he does nothing. Absalom hates Amnon for what he did to Tamar, but for two full years, he does nothing. Well, I should take that back. For two years, he is plotting how he's going to get revenge for his sister. So after two years, he arranges through the approval of his dad to have Amnon come to where he was shearing his sheep. Absalom instructs the men loyal to him to kill his brother Amnon, and they do. David is devastated. He's now lost a son by the hands of one of his other sons. Not surprisingly, Absalom runs away, but he has a place to go. For the next three years, he takes refuge at his grandfather's, the king of Geshur. David has mourned his son Amnon, and now he would like to see Absalom again. In chapter 14 of 2 Samuel, the reunion finally takes place. At first, Absalom is allowed to come home, but not to see the king. That lasts for two years. Then Absalom manipulates that situation, and finally, the son and the father are reunited. In chapter 15, we see what Absalom is really up to. He intends to orchestrate a coup and overthrow his father. He's very patient, just like he was in the murder of his brother Amnon. He begins by stealing the hearts of the people, verse 6. Then after four years, he sends spies throughout the land and basically organizes his own coronation. There are still people loyal to David. Once they get wind of the conspiracy, they tell David what's happening. David realizes he's no match for Absalom and the people who are now loyal to him. David is probably in his late 50s, early 60s. Absalom is probably in his late 20s. David realizes for his own personal safety and the safety of those who are loyal to him, he's going to have to leave Jerusalem. In chapter 15, verse 23, it describes the scene. And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people crossed over. The king himself also crossed over the brook Kidron, and all the people crossed over toward the way of the wilderness. Dropping down to verse 38, it says, So David went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olives, and wept as he went up, and he had his head covered and went barefoot. You can see how discouraging, how depressing, and how humiliating it was 
for this man of war to be forced to flee his own town. If that wasn't enough, there are also other individuals, people who have long held grudges against David, and now who are more than happy to pile on with the discouragement David is feeling. One of those is a man that David has taken care of for years, the son of his friend Jonathan, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth decides to stay around in Jerusalem, thinking he is now going to become king. Another man, Shimei. Shimei watches the procession as they're leaving Jerusalem. He taunts David and his followers, throws rocks at them, and curses David. This has to be one of the lowest lows of David's life. It was at this point that David wrote the third psalm. I would like to read that for you now. As you listen, please think about what David has gone through so far. In this psalm, he shares with us how he felt. The inscription says, A psalm of David, when he fled from Absalom his son. Lord, how have they increased to trouble me? Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, There is no help for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. That's amazing to hear how David was processing the emotions he was going through, through this ultimate act of betrayal by his son. We have a man of war now being hunted by his son, and David is able to process these emotions. And as verse 5 indicates, I laid down and slept. We understand from the reading in Second Samuel that he leaves Jerusalem weeping. His head is covered. His head is down. He's barefoot. But then we see in verse 3, it's God who lifts up his head. He realizes that God is a shield around him. One of the supporting texts for this podcast is found in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and pleading, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What we see in the third psalm is David doing exactly what the Apostle Paul tells us to do. Don't be anxious about anything. Think about King David. He's running for his life. And yet, he is praying to God. He is pleading with God. He is giving thanks to God. And what was the result? He laid down and slept. The peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, was guarding his heart and mind. Taking this story and the psalm that goes with it, for a few minutes now, I would like to make some applications for our lives. I've shared with you 
the time my son spent in residential treatment. Whenever we were allowed to see him, we would visit on what was called Parent Day. Before any of the parents got to see their kids, we would participate in training. Some of the counselors would instruct us on ways best to deal with some of these challenges we were facing. We not only received instruction, but we were allowed to share our stories. Some of these stories that we heard remind me of what David went through. There were parents who had been betrayed. There were parents who were fearful for their safety. These stories were gut-wrenching. We understood on different levels what these other parents were going through. Now as I find myself behind this microphone sharing my story and trying best or trying to understand how best to support you, I take comfort in the story of David and the third psalm. There's a quote I want to read to you from a pamphlet I have about the psalms. It says, When pain has robbed us of words and meaning, the psalms provide us with words to scream to God for help and solace. Let's get to your daily doable and take this one step further. I want to encourage you with pen to paper, pour your heart out, just like David did. Going with the quote that I share so often on this podcast, you can think a feeling, you can speak a feeling, but if you want to touch a feeling, you write. And that's what David was doing for himself. When he wrote the third Psalm, he was touching those feelings. When you apply what David was doing to what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, that we plead with God, and then we give thanks to God, and then he promises to give us peace beyond comprehension. That's my hope for you, that if you will do what David did, if you will plead to God and then give thanks to God, he will grant you that peace beyond comprehension. If pain has robbed you of words and meaning, then use the words of David. Copy this psalm and scream them to God in order to find help and solace. That's all for this episode. I want to thank you so much for joining me. It's my sincere hope that by sharing stories about people such as King David and the psalm that he wrote in response to what he went through, that you will find hope and healing in your life and discover the peace beyond comprehension. Until next time, this is Tim encouraging you to do what you can now. If this podcast has given you the courage and confidence to face storms in your life, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Tim Maudlin. You can also connect with me in my Facebook group, Anchors of Encouragement. So until next time, this is Tim encouraging you to do what you can now.